Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Monday morning, March the 7th, 2022. And yes, I'm back. It is, uh, it is so great to be back on the air here in Tucson. Uh, I, I appreciate all of the, uh, the personal notes and messages that you guys sent me over the last uh, several weeks as I was taking a little, uh, a little sabbatical. You know, folks, sometimes things come up in life. And you just have to take a deep breath and just take a step back and kind of like reevaluate some things. And not that I was considering leaving or anything. I would. I, I mean, I just I love doing this too much to uh, to leave it. Uh, there was just some really really crazy <laughs> crazy events that have occurred in in my life over the last several weeks um, that caused some real uh, uh, like on the fly assessments. And needed to make sure that I was giving them my full attention, and uh, it was just uh, it was just a situation where it was just kind of like wearing down a little bit too much, getting up at four thirty every morning to prepare for the show, and literally working and I'm not kidding, working straight through the day all the way through the night, and not going to bed until eleven thirty midnight sometimes. Uh, that was happening every day, and that was not going to <laughs> that was not going to last very long. I wasn't going to survive that, so had to take a little break. But uh, I am thankful. For I mean, thankful for everybody over at uh, over at Lotus, the the radio station, of course, ESPN Tucson, and uh, my bosses over there, and everybody that works over there for uh, supporting me and allowing me to, to take that time for myself, and just being you know just genuinely the greatest people on earth to work for. So um, I appreciate that, and of course, thanks to you guys, the listeners and the fans out there for uh, all of your personal notes to me. I do appreciate that checking in on me and stuff. I appreciate it. Very, very much more so than you. Uh, more so than you know. <clears throat> I was able to see some of you at a couple of the basketball games that I was able to uh, find some time to attend and and uh, and take care of and work those games. It was great to see you guys there, and it was awesome to see the turnout of people there. Not only on Thursday night for the game against Stanford and the tribute to Loot, uh, but also on Saturday as uh, Arizona finished up the regular season and uh, you know cut down the nets and. We're able to celebrate their Pac-12 championship, the uh, the regular season championship, and uh, it was a, it was a real special weekend. It was just, you know, I mean, things are very different. <clears throat> you know, this is my this is my uh, this is my now ninth season doing the uh, doing the PA work there at Arizona, and for for uh, for men's basketball at least. And so all I knew was the Sean Miller era, and obviously you know they had a, a way of doing things, their operations. Uh, department, uh, you know, the operations of the department, the one guy who ran operations uh, for Sean and for everything that happened in that basketball program, um, you know, he was he was responsible for putting together all those programs and stuff and had a great system in place, and I was very comfortable with those systems, and, and obviously when new people come in, they change things. I mean, that's it's very obvious that things have been changed between the Sean Miller era and the Tommy Lloyd era. I mean, all I have to do is just look at the way that the team plays on the court. It's a very different approach, very different style. Uh, and, and, you know, there are things behind the scenes as well that change, and so we all have to adapt to that. And I thought that they did a, a remarkable job 
as a staff their first time of putting together a senior day, not only a senior day, which is always difficult, even though there were only three seniors. There were two managers and one player, Justin Kyer, who is playing his lone season here as a graduate transfer, although the players were chanting one more year, which I thought was pretty funny. We'll get into that in just a moment. Um, But, you know, not only to put together a senior day celebration, but to also have to do a essentially a post-game celebration, a party to celebrate the Pac-12 regular season championship and the cutting down of the nets. And the deputy commissioner was on hand. Jamie Zaninovich was on hand there to hand Tommy the trophy, which I thought was an awesome gesture by the Pac-12 to to have a uh, deputy commissioner there to to hand off the trophy. We had asked if, if uh, the commissioner was going to be there. If uh, uh, if Klyav, George Klyavkov was going to be there, and uh, the answer we got was that he was in a uh, a very important uh, meeting over the weekend with something. So I'm not exactly sure what that all entails. Hopefully, it uh, it means more money or uh, better exposure for the conference in the upcoming uh, upcoming years, because it's obvious that we need that. Because there are people out there that are actually questioning whether or not Tommy Lloyd should be the national coach of the year. And I'm I'm just like I saw a um, I saw a podcast I think it was Friday it was a podcast that was that was you know kind of put out there uh, a national a national media podcast some people had joined in the program and they were talking about a lot of different coaches for national coach of the year there's basically like five different coaches that were kind of in in the conversation. And one person actually had to say, hey, let's not forget about the job that Tommy Lloyd has done at Arizona. As almost like to say, hey, you know, I'm going to just I, – I, I, I didn't have anything else I wanted to say about these other candidates, but I'm going to throw one in there and just be like, oh, yeah, everybody, everybody give it a nod. Like, oh, yeah, he did a great job this year. I, I, I can't understand how he's not the unanimous choice for the national coach of the year. It's not even it, – folks – it shouldn't even be close. It took over a team who essentially self-sanctioned last year to uh, to not play in the tournament, but a very talented team. <coughs> pardon me, my voice isn't ready. Isn't prepared to be. Uh, it used to be, I guess, for the uh, for the seven o'clock hour to be discussing things like this. Um, I, I remember talking with Coach Wayne Tinkle last year when Oregon State came to uh, came to town. And you know, Coach Coach Wayne is always uh, very, very, very giving of his time, and uh, I, I love talking to Coach Tinkle. He's a great guy to talk to. And I remember talking to him, and we were just—he was just kind of chatting up, you know, chatting, chatting me up about the team and stuff. I was like, "What do you like this year?" You know, with this. And what he told me last year was, he said, "Look, he goes, I know you guys are really, really young. Uh, as is, you know, Sean's. Most of Sean's teams are really young. He goes, but this team." has got a lot of talent. There's a lot of athletes on this team. He goes, you guys may not have been a tournament-ready team this year, which and, and he, you know, he kind of stopped and he's like, which you guys are, which is amazing to me. He says, but next year, you guys are going to be scary good. And I said, yeah, I, I think you're right. I, you know, I said, you know, we need some development from some of our bigs and things like that, which Arizona got. Uh, you know, Christian Coloco has made one hell of an absolute uh, a meteoric leap in his career, in his time at Arizona, which is really, really impressive to watch right now. Um, but you watch this team this year, and it is, I mean, they are a force, an absolute force on the court. I mean, the way that they, they go about their business, I mean, they dictate the pace. 28-3 and three in the regular season. First of all, 
they have the most wins of any power conference team in the country. Twenty-eight. That's that's by far the most of any uh, of any conference team of any of the, of the big conference teams in America. Only Murray State has more wins than Arizona. They have thirty. They've played like four more games uh, than Arizona did this year. So Arizona at twenty-eight and three, best record of any big conference team in the country. In a first-year coach coming back from a school that had self-imposed sanctions on itself, tournament sanctions last year, had a mass exodus or an attempted mass exodus of players. They lost They lost James Akinjo, who went to go play for one of the top five teams in the country, started point guard at Baylor for the defending national champions and one of the top five teams in the country. They lose Terrell Brown, who wasn't even in the starting lineup for Arizona last year, and led the conference in scoring this year almost 24 points a game. They lost those two guys, and Tommy had to rally and bring back guys like Kirk Creesa, who had entered the the, the, uh, the, the the portal, brought in a guy like Pella Larson, who has been absolutely huge for this team. Listen, you know, I watched Pella at Utah, and I'm like, this kid's a sniper. You know, he's, he's one of those, you know, one of those – you know, Euro Swedish players like he's just gonna he's just gonna stand on the three point line. He just got he's just gonna shoot. He's got a sweet stroke, and that's all he's gonna do. Pella Larson put on like twelve to fifteen pounds of muscle, and is now one of the most competitive rebounders in the conference. Like he's tough, like he's a tough dude, and he's got handles, and he likes to run on the open floor, and he's attacking the rim, and he's dunking. I mean, it's like okay, a, a complete player is what we got out of Pella Larson. So. You know, just largely impressive with the job that was done with with just with Pella Larson. Then they bring in Umar Balo. We didn't know what to expect about Umar Balo. I knew that he was a he was a a raw talent, just a big monster of a kid at Gonzaga. You would see him there on the bench, and knowing that he was playing behind two All Americans, two consecutive All Americans in that position, he wasn't getting into the game. And listen. I know from from experience, my biological father, who played in the NFL for the Dallas Cowboys, played behind two all pro, two perennial all pros at his position. Like he wasn't getting into games. Like he was just like just part of the team. Like I'm I'm just here. I'm just on the doomsday defense. Blah. But Harvey Martin's going to take care of business, and I know that I'll never get into a game because he's one of the toughest dudes in the history of the NFL. So like, he, you know, I get it. So he comes here. An opportunity to be the first guy off the bench, essentially, because look, bigs get tired, they get foul trouble. Well, you know, whatever happens, you want to change some things up. You, you know, the sixth man coming off the bench is either a lights-out shooter when you need to, to inject some offense, or he's a big, a center, a guy who's going to come in and spell the other center who's gotten two quick fouls because it happens all the time because they're trying to protect the rim or whatever have you. Umar Balos come in, and he's going to be the sixth man of the year in the Pac-12. There's not, there's no competition for him at that, at that award. I mean, they could have handed Umar Balo that award on Saturday when Arizona was cutting down the nets. Oh, by the way, um, since there's really no contest in this particular award, we're just going to go ahead and hand Umar Balo the Sixth Man of the Year award here at Arizona right now because, I mean, it's it's, it's incredibly obvious he's the winner of that award this year in the Pac-12. Like there's. It's not even. He started one game this year. He scored 21 points in the game that he started. Every other time, he all he's done is come out there and shoot 65, 66 percent. I think from the field, he's developed as a free throw shooter. Like you can't just hack a shack on on Umar Balo because he makes 70 percent of his free throws. 
okay, now he's out there blocking shots. He's on the perimeter blocking shots. Like, like <laughs> I was, we, I was talking with, uh, I was talking with the, the play-by-play announcer from Cal, and uh, we were all sitting there. It was Brian Jeffries, Ryan Hanson, and I. We were all sitting there talking to him, and. You know, I mentioned you because know, he he said, "Man, Umar Balo, that kid can really play." And I said, "You should have seen him at the Red Blue game. He was out there for five minutes. He was out of gas, like five minutes in the Red Blue game." And I'm like, "This kid needs a lot of work. Like he's a big boy. I get it, but he needs a lot of conditioning work. Like I don't, I was I was wondering like oh, maybe you know maybe he's lazy or maybe he's you know he's just not used to being conditioned because he was just riding the bench at Gonzaga and they forgot about him or kind of thing. You know maybe he hasn't been a focal point." For the you know for the strength and conditioning staff, well that wasn't going to fly at Arizona because you got Chris Rounds, you got Justin Kokoski there. They're not going to allow that to happen. So Umar Balo got into the uh, got into the gym, got himself conditioned, and now he can go out there and play 18, 20, 22 minutes, no problem. Like it's it's not not an issue for him. He still got his legs underneath him. I, I'm just I'm so thoroughly impressed with uh, with his development just this season, just what we've seen from him this season. Uh, not, not enough can be said. Uh, about Umar. So, and we'll, look, we'll talk about later on this week who I think will win the Pac-12 awards. I, I know that um, that Don McLean and Ernie Kent were talking about it on the Pac-12 network. I think it was, it might have been Saturday. They were talking Saturday afternoon, I think they were talking about it. And they kind of basically agreed that Arizona was just so dominant that there's really no reason to not give the sweep of the awards to Arizona, whether it's Coach of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Sixth Man of the Year. They, they won't get Freshman of the Year. That will probably go to uh, Harrison Ingram at, at Stanford, uh, unless there's some kind of surprise voting. I, I, I think he's probably the most deserving, even though I, I don't, he's, lately he's not been very good. Um, and what I saw from him on Thursday, uh, he's more about trying to, I don't want to say hurt people. He's not, he's not out there trying to hurt anybody. But he was he's playing with it like he don't he don't like he he didn't act like he wanted to be there anymore. Like he's like I'm done. I'm just gonna hack some people. I'm not gonna play any defense. I'm just gonna try to beat people up. Uh, and then when I get the ball, I'm just gonna try to score. I'm not gonna pass anybody. So, I, uh, whatever. Like that's the reason why I think ASU is gonna stomp Stanford in the in the in the uh, the Pac-12 tournament because Stanford's best player, or arguably their best player, doesn't give a rip anymore. And that was painfully obvious on Thursday night. Um, regardless. And then when you know when you talk about player of the year, Benedict Matherin should you know should and will be the Pac-12 player of the year, and I don't think anybody would would uh, would scoff at that. Even though Terrell Brown led the conference in scoring, uh, what do you average like one one point seven assists per game or something like, like that for Washington? Not to mention, I mean Washington they, they came on late and won some games, but Arizona, I mean, dominated. I mean they've had the they've had the Pac-12 conference wrapped up for a week, <laughs> so sure. Uh, let's let's make sure that we hand out these individual awards to the team that's the most deserving of those awards, and Arizona definitely is. Now on Saturday, they ripped through Cal like it was like they were wet toilet paper. I mean, Cal. I I leaned over and I was talking to uh you know the person who sits on my left. His name's Matt Brown, great guy to work with, work work with, work for. Um, and I leaned over and I said, look, I know that Oregon State has by far the worst record in this conference, but this is the worst team I've seen in the conference this year. Like, Cal was just bad. And I remember looking over at their head coach, Mark Fox, about midway through the first quarter. Arizona had opened up, I think it was a 14 or a 15-point lead at that time, had gone on a little run, 
and he literally just looked at his team and just threw both of his hands forward like, you guys are on your own. Like, I can't, I can't help you anymore. <laughs> I was like, I, th- I think Mark Fox just quit. I think, he just, I think he just resigned his position as Cal head coach. You don't want to do this anymore. Like, it was bad. And then Arizona let him back in the game. It was nine-point game at halftime, whatever. Uh, there was It was no contest. Arizona shoots 62% from the field. Cal shoots 38% from the field, 3 of 15 from beyond the arc. They were just really, really bad. Uh, the Wildcats scored over half of their points in the paint. They had 46 points in the paint. Um, and that's with missing a couple of layups and dunks. So Arizona finishes the regular season 28-3, and which is the most for a Wildcat team since that 2014-2015 team that was so special, also went 28-3. and um, A lot of records handed around. You know, Arizona's won 17 games in a row at home. They went undefeated at home this year, 17-0. and They've now won 19 in a row, dating back to their last two games uh, of last season. So got a little streak going here uh, of home wins. That will continue into next season, of course, when Arizona starts into non-con play and such, depending on, you know, we'll see who comes back and what this team looks like next season. But uh, I I can't see any reason why they wouldn't be expected to be at the top of the Pac-12 once again. And, again, I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but, uh, you know, we haven't even done the Pac-12 tournament yet, so – (laughs) <laughs> the, the 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 body isn't even cold on the uh, the 2021-22 season and we've still got a lot to do you know i was was talking with you know the coaching staff and stuff after the game and they're they're already focused on what's going to happen in las vegas you know they they were enjoying the moment and it's great and all um but look this is a coaching staff who wants to win a dual championship this year uh, they want to win a triple championship this year but a dual championship would would be a really nice uh, stamp on their first season together because that's the question here. Now, I was talking about it with Brian Jeffries and with Ryan Hansen before the game. I've talked about it with several people. I talked about it with, with athletic director Dave Hickey after the game. We were discussing just, you know, is this something where Arizona should essentially tank the tournament? Can they improve their position? No, they probably can't improve their position in NCAA seeding by going out there and winning the Pac-12 tournament in Vegas? Do they want to play three games in three days to win the Pac-12 tournament? What would be the point? You're already far and away the best team in the conference. Everybody knows it. Um, you've beaten every team in the conference. And to, to, you know, to beat them again in the Pac-12 tournament would just be kind of like un- unnecessarily playing games in a three-day span. So I – leave it up to you. I'll ask you guys. I want, I want to get your opinions on this as well. You can uh, you can hit me up on Twitter, at UAZ Voice. That's at UAZ Voice. Do you think the Wildcats should tank the Pac-12 tournament? Should they play the Ludolson style of Pac-12 tournament? Like, we don't give a crap about the Pac-12 tournament. We only give a crap about the NCAA tournament. So we're going to go out there and we're going to go through the motions on Thursday against whatever team we're playing and we're going to let the rest of those teams duke it out for the championship because we would rather have our legs than some, you know, some trophy that we knew that we already earned in the regular season. So should the Cats tank the tournament, or should they continue to play hard and try to win the Pac-12 tournament? I'll have my opinions coming up. You can always hit me up at UAZ Voice. In fact, I'll go ahead and tweet out that question right now. I'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions and what you think, what the Wildcat fans think uh, that Arizona should do in that situation. 
I'm going to take a timeout. When I return, we'll have some more Wildcat talk here. We'll talk about uh, the upcoming Pac-12 tournament and some of the other things that I uh, saw over the weekend and some of the great things that are happening for Arizona basketball there on the campus. Also, uh, before I get too far into this show and forget to mention it, I'm going to have Sammy Hagar tickets coming up. I mean, yeah. And I didn't realize who his, uh, who his warm-up act is. It's George Thorogood. George Thorogood and the Destroyers are going to be there also. Bad to the bone. and Oh, man, so good. So Sammy Hagar and George Thorogood, that's going to be at Auction Pavilion. Uh, that's up here in Phoenix, by the way. Um, <laughs> the concert's on September 7th. I'm going to have tickets to give away all week, and we'll have a pair of tickets to give away at some point today. Be listening for your cue to call on that, and uh, you can win some tickets to go see Sammy Hagar. Mr. Cabo Wabo himself. So uh, come on back. We will uh, we will have more to discuss about Arizona uh, Arizona basketball. We have some Arizona football notes also to discuss because they've started practicing the NFL scouting combine, the NBA, and a whole lot more. Still a lot to come here on the Jeff Dean Show on fourteen ninety AM, one hundred four point nine FM, ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. So Arizona finishes the regular season 28-3, which is the most for a Wildcat team since the 2014-15 team, which also finished 28-3. By the way, that team went on to absolutely crush everyone in the Pac-12 tournament. I think, I think they only beat UCLA by like eight or so. Uh, but that's the team that beat Mighty Joe Young and the Oregon Ducks by, like, 30 points. <laughs> that game was over at halftime. Uh, I remember I remember because I, I was in Vegas for that, and I just remember seeing Sean, and th- this was only my second year, uh, my second year of, of being, you know, in my position with Arizona basketball and only my second year knowing Sean and stuff, and, and just how – like focused and angry he was i was like man that guy's that guy's dialed in and when arizona was up i think i think arizona was up 20 at the half on that oregon on that oregon team that was a really good oregon team by the way joe young player of the year pac-12 player of the year all that stuff uh sean was like we are not letting off the gas at all period we are going to punish you and drive you through the court and make you remember the day that you tried to play Arizona on this on this court. This is our house. And I feel like Sean established Las Vegas as Arizona's court. Like that's that's our house. Like that's I mean, in my PA reads, we call it McHale North. Tommy Lloyd during the postgame celebration on Saturday called it McHale North, the T Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. And it really is. If you've never been, and I highly recommend it. I'm not going to be able to go this year. Uh, but I highly recommend going, getting some tickets. There are still tickets available. But be a part of the sea of red that is there for the games for Arizona. Uh, it is It's hilarious, man. Like, every single game, all you can hear is, Arizona. I mean, the whole time. It's amazing. Uh, time of my life, uh, being there for the Pac-12 tournament. So, the question here is, should Arizona tank the tourney? Now, a, a little bit of the statistics here as in regards to the amount of games that Arizona has played over the last you know, few weeks. 
on Thursday, when they play the winner of the ASU-Stanford game, which I think will be ASU, they're playing a lot better right now, and Stanford is not playing in that direction. Like, they're, they're not – they're on the downward. These are two teams going in opposite directions. So I think, I think that the eight-seed uh, Sun Devils will advance from that game, which means that Arizona will have their third game against Arizona State. The, the previous two were some tough games. I mean, they were – you know, they weren't blowouts. They weren't – you know, we didn't just punish them and – and, uh, and run away with the you know, 28, 30-point victories. They were uh, some tough-fought games. Should the Cats tank the tourney? So on Thursday, when Arizona takes the court against whomever that may be, whether it's ASU or Stanford, it will be their eighth game they've played in 21 days. Okay, It doesn't, doesn't sound like a lot, but if you break it down, that's a game about every 2.7, like every 2.7 four days or something like that. Uh, is basically what the math works down to. That's that's pretty substantial. I mean, that's you know, that's playing a game less than every three days, which doesn't normally happen in you know, essentially in regular season. Uh, unless you're playing in the non-con, you have one of those three-week game. You play like like a Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday type of situation. Uh, that's the only time you play games that close to one another, and in the NCAA tournament. It'll also be their fourth game in nine days when they take the court on Thursday. So. For a team like Arizona, who has been up and down the court 31 times this year, 32 if you count the uh, if you count the exhibition game, 33 if you count the red blue game, which you don't count. This is a team who has played at a rapid pace, a team who plays hard on both ends of the floor, as indicative by their Ken Palm rankings. They're number they're the number 13, I think, team 13 in defense and the number 11 team in offense. They're also the number four team in pace of play. So they're a team that works hard on both ends and also is running faster than 352 of the teams in the country. That's substantial. But that being said, as I mentioned before, I think Sean Miller did a great job of establishing Las Vegas as Arizona's territory. Like, that's that's our house. That's our place. If you want to win the Pac-12 tournament, it doesn't matter what seed Arizona is going into that tournament, you have to go through us. That was the that was the mentality that was established over the last 12 years with Sean Miller. You have to go through Arizona if you want to win the Pac-12 tournament, period. And I think that that is something that should be continued in the Tommy Lloyd era. Because if you look at it this way, if Arizona – ends up winning the Pac-12 tournament. Okay, you get you get the dual championship. You get to cement your place. There, there's no doubt who the who the, the the king of the conference is. Because if UCLA wins the Pac-12 tournament, they can say, "Well, we beat Arizona by 16 in our place. We had a banged up uh Jaime Jaquez when I when we went to McHale and played in a close game there, and then we won the Pac-12 tournament. We're the champs." Arizona was just the, the champions of the regular season, we're the postseason champs. And that's when it, that's when it matters. Postseason basketball, that's when it counts most. Screw that, man. I, I, I don't, I'm not trying to hear that. I'm not trying to hear that from any fans. And I don't think the coaching staff and the players want to hear that either. From what I saw on Saturday, this team still has their legs. The legs aren't going away from them right now. And if they do end up winning the Pac-12 tournament, they'll play three games in three days and then they get four days, at least four days rest before they'll have to play again. They'll either play Thursday or Friday in the NCAA tournament, and that will likely be in a West Coast city, a city like San Diego probably is most likely right now, depending on what happens in some of the other conference tournaments. 
I, I, I'm never – you're never going to hear me say that I want my team, uh, you know, a team that I root for, a team that I work for, whatever have you. You're never going to hear me say, and, and you will never hear it, never before, never after this moment, you will never hear me say that I think a team should tank. Not for a draft pick, not for rest, not for anything. You have to con- you continue to sharpen that blade. You have to keep that edge sharp and 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 honed and you have to keep your you have to keep your focus about you. Because if you get into the mentality of we're going to shut it off, sometimes it's hard to turn it back on as we've seen plenty of times before. Not just out of Arizona teams, not just out of college basketball teams, but in all sports, amateur, pro. It's hard to turn it back on once you've turned it off. And I don't think Arizona has any reason to turn it off. It, they're not struggling. It's not like they've had the Pac-12 conference wrapped up for three weeks and have lost three of their last five games going into it. They're playing as good a basketball right now as they have all season long. Why not continue it? Why not be able to celebrate a Pac-12 tournament championship and bring home another Pac-12 tournament trophy? That way you can say there are no doubts. There is no one that can challenge us for the 2021-22 championship. We are the best team in the Pac-12. We're one of the best teams in the country. And if Arizona goes out and just smacks everybody around that they play in that Pac-12 tournament in Vegas, that's going to send notice to everybody else in the NCAAs. Maybe Arizona gets the number one overall seed. Maybe they unseat Gonzaga. Because I'm telling you right now, if you look at the net standings, it's ridiculously close. And I think there's a case to be made for Arizona to be the number one net team in the country right now over Gonzaga. Because when you look at the when you look at the statistics, I gotta take a break. Mary's yelling at me. All right, I'm gonna take a break. When we return, I will tell you why I think Arizona should already be the overall number one seed in the country over Gonzaga. That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Oh, you guys jumping on Twitter there. Voting your conscience. That's great. 30 votes already. The vast majority want you to go out there and win the Pac-12 tournament. I, I'm in 100% total agreement. Like, just put your stamp on this season. Why not go out there and win it? I, I mean, the, look. I mean, I, and there are people that are commenting on the on the tweet. Like, is this really a question? Yeah, it, this is a question people are asking. This is a question that people on campus were asking on Saturday. If Arizona cannot advance its seating, if they can't gain a better seed in the in the NCAA tournament if they've already locked up the one seed, which is what many people feel they have, as well as I. I feel like they've locked up a number one seed. I don't they they will not fall out of the number one seed spot. They, they just they just won't. Their their net and their Ken Palm are just too damn strong to drop out of that. Uh so there are people that feel like, well, if they if they can't get any better and they really can't get any worse, what's the point of playing three games in three days of winning and winning a uh, some people would call it a meaningless championship. I'm sure that the coaching staff and the players wouldn't call it that. <laughs> the Pac-12 probably wouldn't call it a meaningless trophy either. Uh, I, look, I, I, I've said my opinion. I've given my piece. Yes, 
there is some merit to the Lute Olson style of how to approach the tournament. Like, just, we don't need to win. We're going to get out of the way for another team to go and compete. Maybe we can get another Pac-12 team in there. And if they end up in our bracket and it's a team that we've beaten twice this year, then hallelujah, that's better for us. It's a, it's a, a, a team that we don't have to face that we're not familiar with. So there's that way of thinking as well. Let me tell you why I think Arizona should already be the number one overall seed in the country over Gonzaga. Okay, You look at the records, Arizona has four more total wins than Gonzaga already. Arizona 28-3, Gonzaga 24-3. The average net ranking for their opponents this season, Arizona is number 72 in the country in regards to average net ranking of their opponents, while Gonzaga is 109th. Not a huge difference in the grand scheme of things, 37 spots, but it is, uh, you know, I, I think a considerable uh, distance between the two. Not maybe as much as, say, Arizona and Baylor. Baylor has the number 22 uh, average opponent net, and their strength of schedule is 10th in the country. And when you look at Gonzaga's strength of schedule, they're 69th in the country, Arizona's the 65th. So, again, it's close. However, Arizona is now they're five and three in quad one games. Okay, not the best ratio. Kentucky's eight and six. Houston's one and four. I don't want to hear about Houston as a one seed, by the way. Uh, they lost again. They've got one quality win this year, and you could argue that that's not even that much of a quality win. Villanova is seven and six. Tennessee is eight and seven. So, you know, there's a lot of good teams. UCLA's four and four in their quad one games. There's a lot of teams out there dying to be five and three, two games above 500 in quad one games. But here's the difference between Arizona and Gonzaga. Gonzaga's eight and three in their quad one games. They have performed well in their quad one uh, matchups. They've got three more wins in Arizona, same amount of losses. The difference is in the quad two and the quad three records. Gonzaga is three and zero combined in their quad two and quad three games. Thirteen and zero in quad four. Arizona is 15-0 in their quad two and quad three matchups, meaning that they have 12 more victories, no losses, than Gonzaga before you get to the quad four games that everybody should have an unblemished record in. You just throw the quad four games out for the top 25 teams in the net. You just, you, every team in the top 25 should be undefeated against quad four teams. In fact, if I look, I think the first team is San Francisco. They're the number 24 net team. They're the first team with a quad four loss. So Arizona, when you look at quad one, quad two, quad three, their record is 20 and three in those games. 23 total games in the top quad three and uh, 20 and three in those games. Gonzaga is 11 and three. So given nine more chances, nine more games, quad one, quad two, quad three, what are the oppor- what are the odds that Gonzaga would probably lose one of those games? I mean, look, it's not very high, but it's not less than 1%. I can tell you that much. If Gonzaga had to play seven more quad two games, just to match Arizona's games in quad two games, if they had to play seven more, what are the opportunities they lose one of those games? What if it's a game on the road? Uh, you know, a game against a game against uh, you know BYU or something. Alex Barcelo gets hot, shoots the lights out, and you get beat by BYU in uh, in Provo. It happens. Okay, I think I, this is just me personally. I think Arizona should be the number one overall seed right now. Anyway, 
They have a better overall record. They have a better conference record in a better conference. They have a better road uh, road uh, record than Gonzaga does. They have a higher strength of schedule. They have a higher av- average net opponent ranking. And they are nine games in the win column ahead of Gonzaga in quad one, two, and three give, uh, victories. Like, to me, it's not even that close. <laughs> like, maybe Baylor should be the number two overall seed ahead of Gonzaga. They're 20 and four in quad one, two, three games, and their strength of schedule is 10. They have 11 quad one victories. So why is Gonzaga so high up on the list? I mean, there's other metrics and things like that that go in, you know, go into it. But my goodness, I mean, it's almost like NCAA is like, okay, well, Gonzaga hasn't lost, so we'll just keep them at number one. Okay, well, let's, let's see who they're playing here. Let's take a look at the competition. Who's below them? Who's beneath them? Well, Arizona, they're pretty good. Oh, my gosh, wait a second. They actually have a 20-3 and record in top Q3 games. Gonzaga's only played 14 total. So Arizona, in my opinion, should be the number one seed right now. They should be the number one seed in the country. They should be the number one seed going into the NCAA tournament. They should be the number one seed and be able to host the West. Like, that should be your team in the West, your number one team. And I know that there are arguments for other teams like Gonzaga and such, Baylor. But to me, <laughs> the, the, the record, the statistics, everything, stands, it's, they speak for themselves. Arizona just, they don't get beat. They they didn't show up for two games. They I mean, they didn't show up for the first five minutes of the Tennessee game. They had their doors blown off. But it was a tie game with three and a half minutes to go. No excuses at that point. You got to make your free throws. You got to get some rebounds. You got to convert some offense. You got to get a couple of stops, and you win that game. Tie game, three and a half minutes to go, no excuses. Okay, They lost that game on the road to a really good Tennessee team, a Tennessee team who uh, is, I think, they're the second highest favorite to win the SEC tournament just behind Kentucky right now. The other two games were clunkers. Every team has clunkers throughout the season. Arizona had a clunker in Los Angeles against the Bruins and had a clunker in Boulder after a long-ass road trip, after they'd been playing a ton of games. It was their, it was their sixth game in 13 days on the road in Boulder. After a And, look, I'll tell you that that plane ride from Salt Lake to Boulder and vice versa, uh, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not a carnival trip, man. It's, not, <laughs> it's a longer flight than you think. Trust me. You're getting in at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. You got to go right to bed. You got to get up. You have breakfast. You have your workout. I mean, it's like there's no rest. There's no rest at all. That that Rocky Mountain series is brutal. On the on the two-day Rocky Mountain schedule, it's tough. How many teams has Colorado beaten at home that when they played on the road against got their doors blown off? It happens every year, like three or four times every single year. Teams go into Boulder and get beat. But then when, they, when, when the Buffs come to play them in their house, Colorado loses by 26 points. Happens all the time. There's a reason for that. <laughs> the Rocky Mountain trip sucks. It's tough. Usually when Utah's better, it's, I mean, it's even, it's way, way worse. So Arizona, in my opinion, should go out there and win the Pac-12 tournament. Do everything they can to win the damn thing. Because there's no reason not to. Like, Again, if this team were struggling, if they were limping, if they were injured, if they were 
if, if they were obviously gassed in their last you know couple of games, if they were three and two in their last five games and just didn't look so good and their shots were coming up short and they weren't playing great defense and they're giving up a ton of points and blah blah blah, maybe. Maybe you say, okay, maybe this team needs to rest. They've earned the number one seed. They've earned the right to, you know, to take a little breather and get ready for the NCAAs. This team is, <laughs> they look fine. They look great. I got no questions about their legs right now. Not worried at all. Go out there and put the hammer down. Crush these suckers. <laughs> I mean it, man. Like like I said, Sean Miller did a great job of establishing Las Vegas as McHale North. Continue that great tradition of going in there and saying, if you want to win this thing, you got to go through us and our fans because there's going to be 15,000 of them there. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's so great. I love it. And on, on Saturday, we get to celebrate for the 37th year in a row the uh, leading the conference in attendance. 37. That's almost as many years as I've been alive. 37 years in a row. Arizona has led this conference in attendance. Absolutely unbelievable. Best fans in the world. Hands down, best fans in the world. I've been to NCAA tournament games uh, where Arizona fans showed up more so than the Kansas fans, more so than the Notre Dame fans. And all these. I mean, there's, there's it's they our Wildcat fans travel so well. They're so passionate about their team. I love that so much, man. That's, that's what makes game days so great for me. It's, it's so rewarding to be with the fans that are as, as a passionate about this program as I am and those players and those coaches. It's awesome. All right. We will, uh, we will table the, uh, the Wildcat talk for a little bit. We'll uh, discuss a little bit more tomorrow, of course, as Wildcats get ready to head into uh, head off to Vegas to, uh, to decide what they're going to do and, and see how, what their, what their legacy for this season is going to be in the PAC 12 tournament. Can they play on uh, Thursday? They will play the winner of the ASU-Stanford game, uh, the 8-9 seed there, of course, because Arizona is the one seed. When we return, we'll take a look at some of the other things going on in the world of sports. I didn't get a chance to talk to you guys about the Super Bowl before I left. and Man, a lot of stuff has happened since, uh, since then. We'll, uh, we'll get into some NFL talks, some NFL combine and such, NBA, and some other things coming up next right here on The Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Hey, Arizona FanDuel is giving you the chance to shoot threes on your son's home court, a la Cam Johnson. Just visit the FanDuel Sportsbook and Footprint Center. From March 13th to March 17th, and place any $100 plus bet on the bracket with at least plus 400 odds. Then register at fanduel.com slash phoenix to get your spot on the court. I've been asked to participate. I do not want to embarrass myself because I am not Steph Curry. I am not Cam Johnson. I'm not even Charles Barkley when it comes to shooting threes. Like, I'm going to have – I'd have a better shot at shooting it backwards, to be honest with you. I'm a much better free throw shooter. I was a 100% free throw shooter in uh, in high school. But uh, threes, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, but you can, uh, can, give them your, uh, can give them your best and try to win that contest. So if you think you're, uh, you're up for it, do it. Head on over to the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Footprint Center. 
Place any $100 plus bet on the bracket with at least plus 400 odds and then register your name. Uh, plus, you can join them for the opening night of games at the FanDuel Sportsbook. There's uh, the outdoor terrace that's beautiful out there uh, at America's number one sportsbook, and there's over 40 televisions to watch the game on. Now, if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, cool. Sign up online using my promo code DEAN uh, using the app, the first, the easy to use app, uh, and your first online bet is risk free up to $1,000. Put your basketball shooting skills to the test on March 17th. Go to FanDuel.com slash Phoenix to get your spot on the court and learn more today. 21 and over and present in Arizona. In-person wager at Footprint Center is required. Shootout occurs on 317 from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash Sportsbook. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. Uh, we will have those Sammy Hagar tickets coming up in hour number two. Be listening for those. Your cue to call could come at any time in the 8 o'clock hour, so be listening for that. Uh, we also have some NFL to discuss in hour number two as the NFL scouting combine was on display over the weekend, the three days of the, or I guess it's technically four days, of the NFL scouting combine. Workouts didn't really start until Friday. There was a lot of interviewing and things like that going on Thursday. Uh, some very, very jaw-dropping, eye-opening performances by some of the bigs, some of the big boys on the defensive side of the ball were showing off their speed and their strength over the weekend. Also, some of the guys playing in that secondary, lightning fast, and I mean ridiculously fast, on their on their track times yesterday at the Combine. So we'll get into that as uh, we talk NFL every single day here on the Jeff Dean Show. That is my promise to you. NFL every single day, and we'll have that coming up in hour number two. We'll also have some Wildcat football talk for you guys. Uh, we'll talk, to, of course, as they've opened up, and some of the media has been able to uh, check in on some of those practices and have been very, very impressed with some of the new freshmen uh, on campus right now for uh, Jetfish and the Wildcats. We'll talk about that. Have some NBA to get into. As I'm telling you, the playoffs are right around the corner, and there are a couple teams out there that are like, eh, Looks like we might be playing in the play-in game. A couple of teams you may not have expected. Another couple of teams are really soaring right now and uh, playing great basketball. We have so much to talk about here. Still with one hour to go on the Jeff Dean Show. It's a quick little two-minute turnaround, so be right back right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Casino Del Sol Studio, the soul of Tucson. This is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson. KWCX Tanka Verde. KMXZ HD4 Tucson.